Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. Jesus has risen. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. I am so excited, not just because it's Easter and I'm wearing a suit, but because I know that Jesus is alive and he is risen. Today is Resurrection Sunday and the church gathers to celebrate and commemorate and remember and declare and witness the truth that Jesus who died and was crucified on a cross has risen and is still alive now, working in the world, working in our hearts, loving on us, loving on our neighbors. And we're here to give testimony to that, to declare that, to worship God because of that. Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed. And my question for us today to think about, to ponder, is what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? A couple years ago, uh, our family went to Disneyland in Anaheim, California. And Isaiah and I, Isaiah is my son, uh, we hopped on the ride to Thunder Mountain. And it just so happened that it worked out that we were in the first two seats of the ride. And so I took out my phone and I started to record because I wanted to get the whole experience on the phone, which turns out to be fortuitous because this spring break, we were going to go to Asia first. That got canceled, obviously, for spring break. And then we were going to go to Disneyland, and that got canceled. Uh, so we're home now. But now I have that video to experience, to play on the screen, and we can just go on. We can experience Thunder Mountain like this, just virtually. But anyways, I, I pulled out my phone and started recording. And I looked over at my son, and his face was both full of just that mix. I don't know what to call it, that mix of fear, shudder, utter terror, and pure 
excitement. Fear and excitement blended together. And isn't that why we go to amusement parks? Isn't that why we love the thrill of roller coasters like those we find at Disneyland? Is because a part of us really doesn't want to experience the ride. A part of us is afraid. It's like, oh, I don't want a free fall. Oh, those curves and twists and the, the heights. It just scares me. But part of us can't help that. Part of us likes feeling our heart beat faster, the goosebumps on our skin rise up, the adventure of it all, the fear in us of the, of the thrill ride actually makes us feel more alive. And that's why those two things can coexist, the fear and the excitement. So I'm recording Isaiah. Anyways, to get back to my story, I'm recording Isaiah. And I'm like, Isaiah, what are you feeling right now? Are you scared? He's like, yeah. He's like, no, I'm scared and excited. Scared and excited. And um, that is what I want to bring to us today from our passage in Matthew 28, 1 through 10 in the NIV, which was read before on this Easter Sunday, as we look at Matthew's account of the resurrection, it's after the Sabbath and it's in, at dawn, 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning. First thing, the crack of dawn. Two Marys, Mary and Mary, went to look at the tomb. And as they're approaching the tomb, imagine this. They feel a violent earthquake. I mean, three days earlier, the temple veil was torn into. There was thunder, there was lightning, there was a great earthquake. You know, spirits, ray bodies raising up from their graves and visiting their former family members. Uh, all of these kind of physical uh, acts of the earth, including this earthquake. So they're experiencing this earthquake as they're approaching the tomb because the stone had been rolled back. And then they see an angel. His appearance, the scripture says, was like lightning, and his clothes were as white. As snow. And this reminds us, this should remind all the readers of previous examples in scripture where the messenger of the Lord, angels, come and visit humans as God is bringing a message, right? as God is bringing his command, his instruction to someone. And usually these angels, these messengers from God lead in with what? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And the angel's message this time around is, don't be afraid. For I know that the Jesus you are looking for, who you remember you saw with your own eyes, everyone experienced, was crucified. He's not here. Jesus is not here. Jesus is not where we expect him to be. Jesus is not in the tomb. Jesus is not dead, lifeless, 
inanimated. Jesus is not here. Actually, Jesus has risen from the dead and is already going ahead of us to Galilee. And there you will see him. And how many times in our life do we live paralyzed or we live spiritually static where we go through the motions and we live lives without faith, without dynamism, without life, without energy. We're just sucking at dry air, just hoping to get some of that spiritual life, that soulful newness, and yet it's all gone. We're just sucking up the dust in the desert, and we're holding on. And so we hold on because we really don't hear from God. We really don't have hope in our life. We really need renewal. And actually, our souls are thirsty. We're parched. And so we grab and cling on to anything that will give us purpose, to anything that will give us meaning, to anything that we think will give us life, whether that's a job, whether that's money, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a new car, whether that's the things that we're good at, our talents, whatever that is, we hang on to things as if they're the source of life, but really they're inanimate. They're not God. They're not Jesus because Jesus is not here. He's already gone. He's gone ahead of us. He's gone ahead. Jesus is risen. He is not here. He's alive and going on. Only things that are moving move ahead of us. Only creatures, people who are alive, move, move dynamically. And this is what the angel is saying. You're still holding on to what you last saw. You're still holding on to what you last witnessed. You're still holding on to Jesus on that cross. Breathing his last and saying, it is finished. You're still holding on to Friday and the despair and the darkness and the defeat and the fear. You're holding on to that. And the angel, the messenger from God is now saying to Mary and Mary, look. What are you holding on to? Jesus is alive. Amen. Christ is risen. Christ has risen. Christ has risen. And let me talk about fear. And verse 4, as this earthquake is happening, this violent earthquake, as they witness the stone in the tomb of the tomb, the heavy stone having been rolled away. And as they witnessed this angel bright as a lightning, whose clothes were white as snow, the guards who are standing in front of the tomb. And let's get this right. Why are the guards in front of the tomb? The guards in front of the tomb are there because the religious leaders who were threatened by Jesus and threatened by Jesus' followers were afraid that if someone came at night and stole the body of Jesus because Jesus had foretold that he would be brought back to life, then his followers, 
can broadcast fake news. They were afraid of fake news. So they put guards there so no one could mess with the body of Jesus and say that he was risen. But it didn't matter. It happened anyways. And it says that these guards were so afraid of this angel when they saw him that they shook. They shook and became like dead men. They became like dead men. And this is point number one. Fear can lead to a heart paralysis. Right? Fear can lead us to become paralyzed. To be as if we were dead. Have you ever been so afraid of something that you were paralyzed? I asked at the beginning of this, what are you afraid of? And quite frankly, we are all living in times of fear, amen? We are all living in a time of uncertainty. We are all learn, uh, living in a time where our lives have been disrupted, where our physical health is threatened, or we've lost our physical health, our loved ones, their health is threatened, or they have become sick. Maybe some people that we know have died. School is not in session. Work is not in session. The hope of a paycheck and security of wages, maybe that's not even in your horizon. Maybe you don't know where the next paycheck will come from. Maybe you don't know um, if your business will be able to continue. Maybe you don't know um, what it's going to look like for your mother, your father, or your children. We are living in a time of fear. And when fear happens, when we feel fear, people do crazy things. People do crazy things. And the worst parts of us come out. Also, in this time, I do have to say that as a sign of life uh, and the goodness of humanity, a lot of good things are happening. A lot of people are helping each other out. A lot of people are loving on each other. A lot of people are becoming heroes because of their sacrifice for the sake of the common good, for the sake of other people. And so that's good. But we're living in a time of fear. And for some of us, as we're cooped up in our homes, as we are unkempt, our hair is unkempt, wearing our sweatpants, binging on Netflix, kind of the other day I was in my bed just going, because uh, 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 my body just needed to move, my body just needed to get out there. And I was feeling listless and bored. But fear can lead to a, paralysis in our lives and these soldiers like these soldiers they were paralyzed with fear so much that they appeared dead they could not even move and that's an image to be contrasted with what the angel is wanting of the women and what the women end up doing at the end of this passage in the midst of feeling fear i'll get to that 
Our fear can compel on the other side, on the flip side of being paralyzed. Our fear can actually compel us into the vulnerable and courageous act of jumping in and grabbing life by the horns, embracing life, and really living the adventure that God has for us, really living just like Isaiah on Thunder Mountain at Disneyland, just like that roller coaster ride. We're up, he's afraid, and yet he's gonna do it again at the end of the ride. He's yelling to the people waiting in the lines, it's worth it, it's worth it. This ride is worth the wait, you're gonna love it. Even though it was scary, even though our hearts came out of our chest, it's worth it. That is living, that is living. And the angel of the Lord tells Mary and Mary not to fear and observe for themselves the evidence of Jesus' resurrection. And Jesus' invitation to us is to step in more fully into our lives, more deeply into life in him. He is not dead. He is alive. He is alive. And he has renewed life for you. He has something fresh for you, even in these times. And the women, in fear and excitement, it says in verse 8, fear and excitement. Remember, roller coaster, in fear and excitement. Hurry to go to tell the disciples what they have witnessed. Courage, my friends is not the absence of fear, rather the choice we make to do the right thing in the midst of fear. Let me say that again. Courage is not the absence of fear. You're not brave because you don't feel fear. Actually, you're brave and courageous when you feel fear and yet you make the right choice, amen? We, make the, we do the right thing in the midst of fear. That is courage. So one of the things, point number one, do not fear the angel's words. Do not fear to pull, to glean from this passage in Matthew 28 is to not let fear paralyze you from living, but rather allow this fear to compel you to trust in a higher power, to trust in Jesus Christ and jump in because of that trust to do awesome things. Amen. And I just want to speak to those of you out there who are feeling paralyzed because of your fear. I know it's a real thing and I don't want to gloss over it. You're feeling fear. And Jesus is speaking into that fear right now. Jesus is saying, I know. I know what you're feeling. I know what you're experiencing. Lean on me. Lean into me now. And that's the first invitation is come. Come to Jesus. Come to the empty tomb and see that he's not there 
and do not fear. Lean into him and go. Take that first step. First step out of the tomb. Let go of what you're holding on to and take a step. Take that first step. Second, first was do not fear. Second, in this passage, it also says, come and see. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said, come and see. Come and see echoes what Jesus said to his disciples when he called them, right? He would often say, come and see, right? I'm not, don't let me just tell you with my words what's the truth or what's reality or what's going on. Come and see. You can't really experience life just by hearing about it, just by reading about it, just by watching it, right? You can't fully experience the life that God has for you just from a distance at arm's length. But part of being a disciple of Christ, part of living a new life, is to come and see. And so that's what Jesus says to his disciples. And that's what the angel is saying again, repeating that same phrase. Come and see. Come and see. This is a challenge to look, participate, witness, experience, and engage. In order to move forward from the little deaths we've experienced in our lives, we need to vulnerably, courageously touch life. Touch people, risk relationships again, risk intimacy again, trust people again, love people, risk rejection. We need to engage God and get real with Jesus, letting him bring up the issues we've been avoiding. We can take our questions to Jesus. Did you know that? You can doubt. We can take our pains to Jesus. Go to God and get messy. Wrestle with God. Say to God, what about this? My life is chaos. You've turned everything upside down. There's utter disruption, and I don't know what's going to happen with my life. Why have you forsaken me, Jesus? Why have you forsaken me? Go into that tomb as the angel invites you. Come and see. Come and see, come, come into the tomb and see right here. Jesus is not here. Come, feel it. Feel it. It's empty. It's just cold stone. It's cold stone. Come and see. Experience this. Experience life. Go into that tomb where Jesus has been dead to you and risk closure. Maybe you followed Jesus and went to church all of your life. All you grew up going to church. But it became dead to you, whether that's because of the sin of institutions, the sin of people and leaders in the church, or you're, you just got bored and you just walked away or you were hurt in some way. So you let it go. It became dead to you. Risk the possibility that God is inviting you into relationship and that the tomb is actually empty. The places that were dead in your heart. And he's read already going ahead of you and saying, come and see, come with me. And he's already been working in your life. He's already been planting those seeds and they're germinating and the sprouts are coming up and the sun is starting to shine, right? 
And the energy, the potential energy in the soil is growing up, the soil of your heart is growing up, and God is going ahead of you, already paving the path to hope and new life. Do not fear one, come and see two. Right? And you can't come and see, right, without the do not fear part, right? Without feeling the fear and yet taking that step of courage to come and see. That's courage. And then finally, the third point that I glean from this passage is go and tell, right? This comes right out of verse 7. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Go and tell. It's come and see first, then go and tell. Right? Easter is not a pep rally. Easter service, right? It's not like a high school pep rally with the band playing and the cheerleaders and their pom-poms going rah, rah, rah. Where we all get fired up and say, let's go. Now Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Let's go. Woo-hoo! Because tomorrow reality is going to hit and you're not going to feel that again. Christ has risen. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. But the call is to go and tell, right? Let's go and tell. First, come and see the tomb is empty. Then go and tell, right? If we're just rah, 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 let's go and tell. This is Easter. Let's witness, witness, witness. It's going to burn out. It's going to be short-lived. The passion will be short-lived. But you can't jump over the step of come and see, right? First, come and see. The tomb is empty. Or with Thomas, right? Come and feel the wounds of my hands, the scars on my feet. Come and touch me. I am alive. Come experience the life-changing power of Jesus. Come experience Jesus breathing new life into you and putting flesh on your bones again. The women, when they see risen Jesus, grab his feet and worship him. This is what it means to love, to live, knowing that he lives, Christ lives, and experiencing the good news of Jesus Christ compels a lifelong adventure of going and telling of being a witness to the gospel. And this is how we live the life, right, of following Jesus. This is the perpetual motion of the spiritual life of the disciple, is to do not fear. Come and see and experience. And then out of that, to go and tell, because we're compelled, because we're driven, we're propelled the good news of what God has done in our own lives, the things that we have seen because we did not fear and took a risk and leaned into life and God changed our hearts, changed our life, healed us, redeemed us, lifted us up, empowered us, did miracles and that propels us to go and tell, go and tell 
Look what Jesus has done for me. He's risen. He's risen indeed. And the women, it says in verse 28, 8, what with great fear and excitement, they hurried away from the tomb and ran to tell the disciples, fear and excitement. It's not numbness, no fear. And it's not, woo, I'm so confident. But I'm not, I, there's no emotion. There's passion in what they do. There's fire and fuego, right? Following Jesus is not a boring thing. Following Jesus is not ordering our beads, right? Fixing the books on a bookshelf. It's not routine. It's not rote all the time. Yes, there's discipline, right? But there's also fear and excitement, right? When's the last time that you experienced fear and excitement and adventure, right? In anything. And just because the coronavirus has all got us cooped up in our homes, has shut down our economy, has shut down life as we know it, just because the churches all over the United States are closed and they should be closed, those churches who insist on gathering and filling their sanctuaries on this Easter today are idiots. Because they're not loving neighbors. They're not going and telling about the life of Jesus. They're living actually in cowardice and fear. But just because the coronavirus is changing all of these things and I'm preaching to an empty church doesn't mean that Christ has not risen. Doesn't mean that Easter doesn't mean Easter anymore. Because Easter is about a reality that Christ who suffered, died, has risen again, and he has risen indeed, and this means something. He is not here. He is gone ahead of you, and our encouragement and the good news of the gospel is he is not here in this death, in this fear, in this doubt, in this sickness, festering, festering, festering. Cast that aside. Come and see. Do not fear. Go and tell Jesus is alive and he's ahead of you. Go, go, go. He is not here. Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. The word that is living and transforming us and compelling us to live life, embodying the good news and the truth that you are alive. And this is a historical fact. You were, you lived in a time, in a place, and in a particular body, you were, and you died, history tells us. And the evidence in history also overwhelmingly tells us that you rose again, and from that, a church arose a people of the way arose and emerged, compelled to go and tell. Nothing dead could light that kind of fire. Nothing cold and lifeless could light that kind of fire. 
It's because the tomb was empty and you were not there that a movement, a revolution that would sweep across the world and change life as we know it. The lit a fire. Will you light a fire in our lives today? Not one that burns cheaply, right? Unlimited fuel, but one that burns like a fire, eternal into eternal life. God, as we are afraid and we have doubts, as things feel, um, as we feel pushed down and surrounded. We're not sure of what's ahead of us. As a church, we're not sure what's happening. What are we to do? What's going on? We will wait for you. We will wait for your spirit. We will embrace you and lean into you in the midst of fear and doubt. We lean into you. We see what you have for us, and we will go and tell. Teach us how to specifically go and tell. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. If you've been listening to our live stream service, the message, the worship, whatever, and your heart is moved, something is stirring, um, the words of the Bible, the gospel message, or just the spirit has been talking to you um, through the experiences of your life, what you're, whatever you're experiencing now, Jesus understands, Jesus knows, God is with you. He's going ahead of you and saying, come and see, do not fear. Follow me and trust me. If you want to take that step of trust or you need someone to pray for you, contact us, email ministry at renewlinwood.church, ministry at renewlinwood.church. If you want to make a choice to follow Jesus once again or for the first time, email me personally at dave at renewlinwood.church, dave at church. No need to be alone. No need to hold on to what is dead. But choose hope. Choose life in Jesus. Amen.